You're listening to I Have Some Notes, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Welcome everyone to I Have Some Notes, the show where we watch movies and share notes on the script and execution, except for when we don't. Like today, when we answer listener questions. I'm your host, Liam Kreswick. I'm Scott C. Bourgeois. I'm Greg Beaver, and I'm excited. Yeah, we're answering listener questions. Uh, thank you yeah. all, everyone who submitted. We're, we're uh, very grateful that you uh, contributed in that way. If you do want to get in on the notes having again, we encourage you to follow us on uh, social media at I Have Some Notes. Uh, And uh, whenever we do movies, we want your thoughts on films, we want your questions to us, and uh, just appreciate you uh, interacting with us. It makes us uh, uh, motivated to keep doing this when we know you're out there listening. So thank you. Yeah. Uh, I guess also, sorry, Liam, uh, you, I just wanted to let listeners know that they can also now email us at I have some notes 42 at gmail.com. I am mildly alarmed and dismayed that there are 41 other I have some notes at gmail. <laughs> but I uh, like, hey, I'll take it. I, I, chose I appreciate the hitchhiker reference. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, let's get her after it. I really want to get to these questions because there were some really good ones. Yeah, uh, this, was, uh, this was great. Karen Unland, the Alberta Podcast Network founder, uh, asked us, if COVID kills movie theaters, how upset will you be? If it's not part of the next generation's experience to go to the movies, is that a big loss? Scott, do you that have a thought? is a good question. Um, I don't know that I'll be upset. Um, I do think that theater going is uh, an experience, and it would be an experience I would miss. But, I mean, movie theater chains are, are big, and they're expensive. If you've gone to the movies recently, you'll know that. Um, I think indie theaters, like uh, here in Edmonton, we've got Metro Cinema, and uh, theaters like that tend to tend to attract my interest a little more nowadays. Um, the real thing I'm surprised by is that there hasn't been talk of drive-in theaters coming back because of the COVID thing. Yeah, I mean, it would work for social distancing, although would, would the quality of drive-in theaters be better, I suppose, now than they, than they were? Uh, I suppose you just tune in to the movie by via FM by an FM station. Right. And if you've got a killer, probably sound an system app, in your- it's probably like an app and you're just running it off Wi-Fi. Like you go to this, you go to the, you know, drive in movie theater app mm. and broadcast your screening there. But like, yeah, depending on how good your car is, you might get awesome sound for your movie or you might get total shit. Well, like, yeah, <laughs> and I can't imagine the, that, that experience, like, I know, I know people have very fond memories of drive-ins, and I'm sure they were a riot when that was, like, one of two ways to watch movies, which was sit-down theaters or the other ones, um, but, like, it just, through a car window, it doesn't seem like, it seems like a step down, like, it'd be novel for a while, but I do think it'd be, like, a step down, and, and yeah, I, I could, I could definitely see um, the joy in having experienced it. Um, but I don't know that I would make it part of my regular routine. 
But what That's I was fair. thinking about this question, and I got I got thinking like because I, I I would be very upset because like the other th- lots of other things happen in theaters other than movies, and like I'm a comedian, I'm a I'm an actor, I I am bemoaning the loss of theater based gatherings. Um, oh, that's fair. And I mean, I, I'm reading this as more just movie theaters, not necessarily the cinema, if you will. But, I mean, I'd, I'd put that up there. Like, I, th- I you know, you like Metro and and, and um, uh, Princess, like it, it's even even Cineplex, like there's there's just something to people like congregating and witnessing this one big spectacle together. Like, I will remember like the gasp during Avengers uh, or like the audible laugh when he's like hail Hydra and the whole audience lost and I'm like you that you can't re- repeat that yeah I mean like there is a reason why midnight movie screenings are still a thing with like Rocky Horror Picture Show in the room because it's a shared movie going experience it is you and you and the audience you are there with all taking part in that uh, that movie going experience together and it's not the same as just watching one of those films at home by yourself in your living room yeah yeah so the it's uh especially when it i i when it's an event event film like you were saying um uh liam with uh uh, something like avengers or especially avengers endgame one of the you know one of the clips that's been circulating around is the clip of uh a uh, an audience watching uh, Captain America pick up Thor's hammer for the first time and everyone just going absolutely bonkers yeah. like that's that's an experience that uh, that can't be duplicated in your in your home by yourself and yeah. um, I remember I remember going to the opening night of Attack of the Colognes and and while that movie is not great I I do remember enjoying the experience overall quite a bit because the crowd was way into it. And that made the movie better, to be quite frank. I went and saw Snakes on a Plane opening night. Nice. Nice. (laughs) It was quite late. Uh, We went and saw like a a 10 or 11 o'clock screening of it. And I knew I was in the right movie theater screening for it because the moment the movie started, when the title started to appear, because it starts with Snakes... Uh, someone ahead of me in the audience screamed on a mother effing plane Mm. and the entire (laughs) crowd cheered. And I was like, yep, I've come to the right screening. (laughs) And we had a blast. Like, it's not a good movie, but we had a blast watching it because the audience was there to like midnight movie it and to have a good time. And that Mm -hmm. elevated the experience of an otherwise eh, movie. Yeah. To answer the the second half of this question on on what it would mean for the next generation to not be able to go to movies like this, it, it, like I don't know about you guys, but for me, um, the movies as a teen was sort of like the uh, you know the first taste of of independence. I lived in a small town, and you know we didn't get all the all the new movies quite quickly right so i we would often make trips to edmonton just to watch a movie so it was you know it was the first time that we were you know traveling away from home you know without any parents and and there's something to it that goes beyond just the the theater experience itself well and that's that's what i want to like recreate because like thinking about this this question got the the gears turning because the other thing you get out of going to a movie is the like the access to the big screen and the technology like the the good you know good sound big sound and that we can we can save that sort of like rented slice of spectacle so i i was envisioning like 
pri- think like a um like a karaoke bar private booth. Like you go to restaurants where you get like a private kind of like room. Uh, and a lot of karaoke bars have that, but if it was like four, maybe six really nice, like comfortable chairs, a big screen, and it was showing all of the movies that were released this weekend, your Avengers, your whatever, mm-hmm. but you don't go with like a hundred people, you just go with your party of, you know, two to six, um, and they can still sell overpriced popcorn and you still get to see it in a big thing, and you're just trying to turn tables like a restaurant instead of like full-blown theaters. Uh, and that might even work for stand-up, where oh, you yeah. just, like, everyone's watching the It's a one comedy club, and they're watching the same live performance, but it's, like, maybe, like, through a window or, like, through a TV, and then the, the comedian can see all the booths, like, on separate windows and can, like, address <laughs> different booths. And it's like, oh, he's talking to me. Concerts could be like that. Like... Uh, basically, Liam has Liam has been trying to come up with solutions to this problem. Is what we yeah. can believe <laughs> yeah, from this. Sure, because that's essentially what a drive-in is. It's your own private box, but it's your it's your it's your awful car with dirty windows instead of something someone comes and cleans and brings you you know chicken fingers in. <laughs> I think uh, one thing, one last thing I want to address on this question is just the um, uh, the premise of it a little bit because. I'm. I can say with with reasonable degree of confidence that COVID won't kill movie theaters, and and that they will survive in some fashion, even if you know the the cineplexes and the landmarks of the world do not. Yeah. Um, you know there there will always be movie theaters, and and maybe they'll you know maybe there'll be more of the the princess and metro variety, but uh, but you know movies as an experience like that will endure. Yeah, yeah. theaters will scale down. Um, or or scale up like because they're never full, so you can still sort of practice social distancing. In it's just like not everyone gets to clump in the middle. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I went I, when I was in Portland. I went to uh, uh, um, I think it was called Living Room Theater, and uh, yeah, it was you know th- th- that was probably about as social distance as you can get before social distancing. You know, mm-hmm. everyone got their own little love seat and. You know, yeah, there was plenty of distance before, before, you know, between everybody, and really not that many people in the theater as a whole. So, so while it doesn't give you the crowd effect of the of the theater, there's there's certainly a, a congregation of sorts as well as the big sound, big big picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. We'll move on to the next one here. Uh, Braden Young uh, asked us, "What are your favorite slash most hated movies?" So I think like favorite and least favorite uh, f- favorite films. Uh, Greg, do you want to start us off? Yeah, I've kind of thought about this one for a while. Um, my I, my most favorite movie, I think, as I always default to Spaceballs because I've seen it a billion times and <laughs> I still I still love it. Um, it's a it's a very comforting movie for me. You know, there's it, it, there's obviously a lot of nostalgia because it's a movie from my childhood, but. Um, you know, it's, it's just a, it's just a good solid comedy and, and a type of comedy that, um, you don't see a lot anymore and, and isn't, I don't know. It's just, nobody really does like a slapstick type comedy, um, well anymore. Not certainly not like Mel Brooks used to do. Um, on the hated side, I, 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 I'm going to cheat and say, I've got a few answers. One of them is the King speech. Um, okay, okay. Because, really? because <laughs> it was not of all the <laughs> Okay, so 
First of all, I just, I just want to go on record. Greg's most favorite movie, Spaceballs. His <laughs> least favorite movie, The King's Speech. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I'm going to defend myself. <laughs> right. uh, I, I, I don't, first of all, I don't like movies about the royals. I never have. So the, there's what, it, part of this isn't really all that fair. It's just a, it's just a kind of a genre or a period piece that I'm not at all interested in. I did not like the queen either. Um, I thought it was very boring. The, the, my, my biggest problem with, the King's Speech, however, is... I mean, not only did it get, like, way too much hype um, at the time, it, was, I, it won the best picture, correct? Yes, mm-hmm. it did. Yeah. Um, I felt like the premise itself had no stakes in it. Like, the guy... He, you know, his he, he's got, he's got a, a speech impediment, right? And he's got to deliver... He's got to deliver a speech, but he's like, he's not an important person in terms of the war. He's just a figurehead. And that for me, just sort of like, it just kind of killed the stakes for me. I didn't, I just didn't, I didn't care. Like he's, I, you know, I thought he was like a meaningless person um, doing like sort of like a meaningless thing. And it didn't, it didn't inspire me at all or anything like that. So, so I'll admit that that particular selection is not. Uh, super fair, um, so that's why I have a backup, which is Last Days, the Gus Van Sant, um, Kurt Cobain ish movie about okay. his his last days. It's it's not Kurt Cobain in the movie. Um, this thing, everything about this was awful. Uh, I saw it in The Princess Two, um, which apologies to people who like the princess but like that is not a nice theater down there in the basement <laughs> it, <No>. it's it's <laughs> it sucks it's it's small dingy and gross and i don't like it. <gasps> and, and i i strongly <laughs> i thought you were going to criticize like the size the layout fair but dingy and gross it is a perfectly nice theater i hard disagree uh, I mean, it could be. It's been a long time since I've been down there. <clears throat> but um, last last days is uh, you know, I don't like Gus. I don't like Gus Van Sant, and I, and I and and it's primarily because of this film, and 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 it's it reads most a lot like a, a student film to me, and and it's and he's I'm obviously he's especially in this era of his filmmaking is is doing a lot of very experimental stuff. Um, but it didn't, it didn't come off that way. It, uh, it came off, um, like he didn't know what we, he was doing. Um, there was a, there's a shot where the Kurt Cobain type character, uh, trips over a, a hedge and the framing is such that he trips over a hedge and then he disappears on, uh, uh behind the other side of the hedge. And then for some reason, the shot is held for 30 seconds with nothing happening. And I, and I can't, like, what could you possibly be trying to tell us, Gus, <laughs> with, this, with this shot? 
there's nothing there was there there's nothing there and i found like most of the film pretty vapid and then uh towards the end of the movie there's kurt cobain disappears into like this horrible special effects ghost (laughs) and and climbs up a, a ladder i think if i recall correctly i don't know but it was it was the single worst theater experience i've ever had in my life <laughs> i was there with three friends we all wanted to leave but nobody wanted to ask the other person we kind of felt like oh well they they're not asking me if they want to leave so they must be enjoying the film and i didn't you know nobody wanted to ruin each other's experience but after we got out we just destroyed that movie on the ride home yeah <laughs> nice well, much like Greg, I, I love Trolls World Tour, and I hate The English Patient. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I... Uh, um, Do you yeah. spend the whole time I was talking loading that up? Oh, I, I, no, I got about a <laughs> third of the way through. I had that can of, queued up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, my, real, my real answer would be, uh, I, have a hard, I had a hard time pinning down my favorite movie. Uh, like, there's a lot of, you know, like, just the, the sort of... Uh, classic 30 year old dude went like love dark knight evil dead 2 uh scott pilgrim what have you uh but i when people ask me what my favorite movie is i said it on our wrap up uh, or not our wrap up but our yeah our best of the decade uh, episode uh, i like telling people about the greasy strangler so <laughs> when asked i will be pressed i will i will promote the greasy strangler i'm not going to go into it here because not only is it on our old episode but really the less you know about it the better just treat yourself watch the greasy strangler um and I think my most hated, uh, just because I had such high hopes and was let down. Like, I've seen a lot of bad movies, but this one was where I was like, my hopes were so dashed that I, like, resent it. And I've, like, carried a grudge for the first third of this movie that I saw and couldn't even get through. Uh, are you familiar with the film Repo, the Genetic Opera? Yes, very much yeah. so. I, I, I never been more disappointed in my whole life uh and and uh i felt the first time i ever felt like like betrayed by movie marketing it is a movie that happened Mm -hmm. so those would be my two (laughs) is was it sorry i'm not familiar with it is was it a musical of sorts or yes it was all musical everybody just sang their dialogue and the dialogue was bad (laughs) It looks like if, if like, like a deranged Andrew Lloyd Webber, like, ran roughshod over a hot topic. <laughs> like, it's just, <laughs> it's, it it's is, not good. It's a trip, that's for sure. Yeah. I, I wouldn't put it in my most liked movies. I don't know if I would argue that it's one of my least liked movies. It's, it's somewhere kind of in the meh zone. Yeah. And if I tell you I was hyped for it, and I tell you my favorite movie is The Greasy Strangler, I think you can see the kind of movies I, I like, which is really <laughs> weird, bizarre, off the, you know, wild shit. And it just it was just not that, and I, I was so, I was dashed, so... I feel like for, you for a movie later. to quali- for a movie to qualify as your most hated, it, it has to do something personal to you, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> it's it goes beyond the movie itself. It di- it did something to you, <laughs> uh, Scott. What do you got? Well, um, I'm going to say that my most favorite film, uh, a film that I can go back and rewatch and rewatch and rewatch, and I love it every time. It's consistently like my top movie and I love it and everybody's going to roll their eyes because it's a typical pretentious movie nerd answer. 
mm-hmm. but it is legitimately great, and it's the Seven Samurai. Mm-hmm. No, that's I I love great. samurai movies. I love them. Uh, I love the genre. It is uh, a sparkling gem in what is a really good genre of films. Um, there's a reason it's been remade a dozen times uh, because it's really, really good. And if you've never seen it, I mean, strap in because it's long, um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, it's very good. And it's Akira Kurosawa at some of his best, and it's got some great over-the-top characters and some wonderful operatic storytelling and some really, like, just gritty sword fighting. And I love The Seven Samurai. It is just consistently number one on my list. Um, But I recognize a lot of people kind of who are movie snobs will cite it because it's a foreign film and it's a good foreign film and it's a Kurosawa film. But it actually is legitimately good. And if you've never seen it, go do that. Yeah, I think I think like Reservoir Dogs is kind of like more, you know, the more hacky like film nerd answer. I think that's like a genuine like yeah, and to the point I've never seen it, but I, I hearing you sing su- such praise of it, it is I'm going to set myself the goal to have watched it if not by our next recording, the one after. Again, it's uh it's a watch. That that's why I was I was like I'll watch it by next week. Oh, it's three and a half hours. I'll watch it. Yeah. two episodes. <laughs> it's it's not short, but it's yeah. <laughs> very good. And it there again, there's a reason why the Magnificent Seven exists, and it's because of the Seven Samurai. Um, and there, I mean, there are a couple other great films that are consistently in like my top ten that I I could throw off to things like The Thing and uh, Spirited Away and John Wick is in there. Yeah. Uh, more lately, but Seven Samurai, absolutely the top of my list. I had yeah, to think, though, what my most hated movie is, because that's actually a harder thing to come up with. Um, and I actually went, I'm, I'm on Letterboxd, so, and I make sure to try to rate movies, and I went and looked at some of my lowest rated films, and uh, my, one of my lowest rated films is one we did for this podcast. And it's <laughs> Freddy versus Jason, <laughs> which was so miserably awful that I rated it only a half star. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so I don't know if that necessarily would be my most hated film, but it's certainly one of the worst films I've ever watched. I think my most hated film, if you if you want to tie it into what Greg said before, is a film that you think is terrible, but also was kind of personally terrible for you. Spectre. The oh. James Bond film Spectre was so aggressively bad. Uh, it is, I rated it very lowly. Uh, and I think it is the worst James Bond movie. And I say that with us having done Moonraker for this podcast. <laughs> Moonraker is fun. I think yeah. Spectre is terrible. And, like, just aggressively, miserably bad. And I hated it. And most of my friends vehemently disagree with me. They they don't think it's good, but they're like, we've seen Moonraker. (laughs) (laughs) But I really hated Spectre. And I I was affronted. Spectre was so bad, I have very little interest in seeing the next James Bond movie. We'll put it that way. Well, that's, uh, Still you, rated Freddy, Freddy versus Jason lower than that, though. Well, I was going to say, the Freddy versus Jason thing is actually a perfect segue into our next question, uh, vis-a-vis doing uh, uh, hated movies that we have uh, done on the podcast uh, or could do. 
Yeah, I'll, let's take a listen. Dear, I have some notes. This is the glorious leader of the Church of the Moving Picture, Cinematological, and I have a question for you. What secret fear do you have, and which movie do you dread most that you will be asked to fix? Thanks. So, Scott, which movie do you dread most you'll be asked to fix on this podcast? Ooh, boy. Um, I mean, I've been pretty vocal about my willingness to take a crack at pretty much anything. But uh, uh, I don't know. That's that's a really tough question. Um, because I feel like there there's no one movie that's so far gone that we can't at least give it a fair shake. There are some movies that are miserably bad to watch that I just don't want to rewatch necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, man, what movie do I secretly fear we will be asked to fix? I mean, it's got to be one of those DC movies again, right? <laughs> it's maybe like Batman v Superman. I I really don't want to watch that again. I don't even want to be given an excuse to watch it again. And I kind of just, I think, like, we, we gave our best to Justice League, and I think it's just time to wash our hands of that. Yeah, just we're done with the DCU. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. For me, it really is just any movie that I've... Not necessarily movies that I've seen, but seen recently. I I don't rewatch movies very often because I always feel like that's the sp- a space I could use to watch something I haven't seen. Um, uh, so I either need to like let a movie sit for like five six years, or I really have to love it. Um, so yeah, just anything I've seen. Like honestly, we I already did Ready Player One. Was like I was like okay, yeah, I'll watch this a second time. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I could I could be watching, uh, you know, you know, New Marin special, but no, let's strap in. No, I mean the podcast is a great reason to do that, but of my own accord, no, <laughs> no. Uh, I will answer this question with a movie, and then I will answer it honestly. Uh, so I think one movie I would fear doing is is uh, Solo, a Star Wars story, um, because. I don't know. I just like the all the, the like these prequel movies and like the all the extended stuff. Like it, all it does is just like make me more irritated with the Star Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't really want to feel that anymore. I guess is yeah. the best way I can explain it. Like I've heard like some of the things this movie does and like the the things that it explains that has that don't need to be explained at all. And I'm just like I'm not interested in that and I've gone on record a couple times saying that like the only way I'm going to watch that movie is if we do it for this podcast Mm -hmm. Um, um, but I I do still fear it but (laughs) the honest answer is that um, uh, and this is probably fear of being discovered a fraud kind of thing where like, like someone will ask us to do to fix a movie that is um above my pay grade in the sense that like it's a movie that's not um it doesn't follow the typical three-act structure which is kind of our bread and butter like these movies like they're easy for, for everyone to, to understand and for us to be able to like play with the bits and rearrange but something that like doesn't follow that kind of that kind of structure and is mm-hmm. a little bit more loosey goosey and um or, or um you know, a bit more heady in the way that it constructs itself uh, i i i definitely fear trying to fix something like that yeah so you don't want to do holy mountain next week <laughs> no, no. 
That's fair. Yeah, it's it's at, at a certain point it stops becoming like a, a a movie and it's more like someone's like art and it's yeah like I get that story that cut that holy shit. <laughs> I think I knew I knew what you were going for there. Yeah, it just sounded so it came out so wrong and like 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 Han Solo you know Solo a Star Wars movie isn't art. There absolutely was artistry and stuff involved, but like yeah. there are some movies that are presented as products there are some movies that are absolute like far out labors of love and then the best movies are the ones that are kind of in the middle right like your your wes anderson's or you know like people who have like put you know they're 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 being paid to make good movies and also do their art yeah yeah i think it i think it's the thing the thing about us rearranging like blockbuster affairs which is typically what we do is that um as a piece of art, like it, you know, there's not as much time spent um, working on it. You know, you, there's a deadline, and they're trying, they're churning it out, uh, and they've got a lot of different goals, like competing goals um, and masters to serve with blockbuster affairs. But when it comes to, um, you know, uh, our tour directors and 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 um, uh, movies that are that are made um, with a lot of care and and time, like. It's. It, I think those are, they're much harder to to pick apart, and and it feels, uh, it feels almost kind of mean to do so. If you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Or, or the, there was another. I just I had this flashback to this movie I saw at Dead Fest uh, a couple years ago, and it was called Assholes, and it was just like, it was just unwatchable. It was just like it was like a a series of gross out sketches barely strung together by a plot and then like something like that too where it's just like so amateurish that like you know what i mean like there's no there's you know yeah yeah all just to uh, to peel back the curtain a little bit um at one time we had been talking to metro cinema about doing a live version of i have some notes and then and, and the we would still stick- for the record like to do that it's just that yeah. you know covid happened yeah yeah um but and we should the, talk princess too a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But one of the sticking points was like, well, what movie are we going to do? And, and you know, a lot of the a lot of the movies that the the Metro brings in are of those lovingly put together indie type flicks. Yeah, like even and, the swing and a miss, you don't really want to be like this, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> this they indie they can- gay romance really <laughs> dropped the ball in act 2. <laughs> yeah. So I couldn't yeah. imagine like being in front of a live audience shitting on yeah. a movie like that. And I think like they kept throwing movies at us and I kept saying no just because it wasn't they, they just didn't suit what we were what we're all about and 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 I you know I just didn't want to I just didn't want us to look like a bunch of pricks. Yeah. Jeff Sampson now asks, you've done movies that are meh and movies that are bad. So what are the things that have to be there in order to save a movie without a full rewrite? Also comes at us with a follow-up question. Do you regret doing the Mighty Ducks on your show, and how much do you regret it? We do uh, not, because that was a great episode, and we had a great guest. <laughs> we, like, our sweet spot, and we've we've done a lot of discussion about this, um, and sometimes we do movies that are generally universally liked, like Interstellar, because we want to challenge ourselves, and we, we want the clicks. Um and sometimes we do miserably bad movies that are just legendarily terrible. And those ones tend to be a little harder. Our sweet spot is those meh movies that are already kind of almost there and just needed a push into being good. But I don't think that there's a movie that's so bad that it's unfixable 
outside of a full rewrite. Like most movies have, if nothing else, a good idea or some good characters or a good overall plot outline that you can build off of. It was just executed poorly. And it's just a matter of trying to figure out where it went wrong and adjust course. I, I can't think of a movie we've done that necessarily needed a page one rewrite. I, mm-hmm. I will push back on that just slightly and say that um, I think in order for a, a movie to to be saved, it needs at the very least um, a reasonably clear narrative throughout. Like yeah. I, I would argue that um, trying to save something like a Birdemic would be like a fool's errand because the the movie doesn't have a narrative. It's it's just one thing happens after the other, and none of it really makes any particular sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, as as long as we're looking at like really terrible movies. You could argue that you could make a reasonably good attempt at saving the room because the room has, for all its faults, it has a very clear through line. Right? Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Like, I guess. Yeah. The, that, that's basically what I had here just like a cohesive story with character motivations and like an arc or a theme. Like, if you just like tell it like every day such and such happened until one day then he did this until finally and ever since then it's like it really if you can just like hit those things it's it's at least and so many movies like over either over complicate it or don't care enough about those things because they want to do something fun and stupid mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah. I would say that the movie that we did that was the closest to like not having a proper narrative was was suicide squad <laughs> it was so that was close. before my time too yeah, yeah, that, that rough mov- one. That's all over the place. Yeah, and, and the only one I can even the, just maybe because it's top of mind, I mentioned it about ten minutes ago. But uh, the movie Assholes was just, just like someone picked, someone dropped the script on the way to the binding it for the cast because it was just all over the place. Like, yeah. well, should we take a break to listen to some sponsor messages and then get after it again? I think sure. we certainly should. Taproot has launched a service to answer your questions about Edmonton's response to the COVID-19 pandemic and our experience of it. The idea is to help you understand this complex and quickly evolving topic with succinct, well-sourced answers to any questions you might have. Find the COVID-19 microsite at taprootedmonton.ca. Welcome back, everyone, to I Have Some Notes. We're answering listener questions, and we're going to go right to another audio one from Tony at Flix X-Raid Podcast. Hi there, this is Tony from the Flix X-Raid Podcast, and I have a question for the I Have Some Notes podcast. My question is, you're about to go into a massive quarantine. You'll have no internet, no outside contact for a year. You're allowed to take three movies and one television series. What do you take with you? And just to keep this question a little interesting from the norm... After you all have made your picks, someone gets to change one of the other person's uh, picks out with a completely different pick. Hmm. You're going into quarantine. You only know no media other than the content you bring with you is, I believe, the, the premise of this hypothetical. Greg, what, did, what would be your quarantine uh, picks in this scenario? Uh, TV show is the easiest, Star Trek Next Generation. Okay. Not 
Didn't even have to think about it. Mm-hmm. The movies were a little bit more difficult, I think. Um, I, I, I found myself trying to wrangle, like, is, you know, do I have to think about, you know, a movie that I might not get sick of or, or, or what, you know, like how long am I in quarantine? Does that matter? Yeah. <laughs> and maybe year, I'm, maybe you. I start to, to overthink it. I mean, my, my instinct was to, to take a long, um, uh, three movies of three different genres to allow me to have some kind of variety. So like a comedy, uh, maybe, uh, an action and, and maybe some sort of drama, um, you know, when I'm feeling like I really want to get into a, a, a heady headspace. So like, you know, a, a comedy, uh, maybe um, something that's comforting for me, like a, like Ghostbusters, for example, um, a uh, an action movie, you know, I honestly, I, I really like um, Avengers Endgame. I, I enjoy it on a, on a, on a, <laughs> on a level is like I've, I've already watched it like three times i could probably keep watching it plus it's long so i can watch it in shifts even if i'm getting more bored of it <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> can watch it in shifts. um but you know there's there's a few moments in that movie that just raise the hair on the on the back of my neck yeah you know it's it's just it's just good good watching mm-hmm. um and for something heady maybe something like old boy chan park wook's old boy uh, or or his <laughs> <laughs> and this is me maybe overthinking it a little bit more, or his uh, The Handmaiden, which I, I would bring along just because it's an amazing movie. But also, I mean, if I'm in quarantine, it's it's a, also a very sexy movie. You know, you need to take care of yourself. I'm glad you feel I, I <laughs> sexy movie or something sexy was on my list, and I didn't have a really good answer. That so, thank you. I'll, I'll have to. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna go uh, jump right ahead to the end of this question and steal that one for you. Put put down Dark Knight or something, and then I'm gonna immediately cross it off and take uh, something sexy from uh, uh, Greg. I guess I should do my other one since I chimed in. Uh, sure. Honestly, just for pure, cause I, I have a thing with hypotheticals where I really want to get into the, the details of it because this question isn't three favorite movies, three favorite TV series. It's all you can watch in that. So The Simpsons for length. Sure. That's just like pure, con- like that's that's my, that's my stockpile of flour. Like that's going to get me through on the daily. Um <laughs> Uh, Memento, because I think it's a good movie, and it'd be fun to like watch it backwards or in different chunks. Um, and it's just like about somebody not really like grasping with their like uh, sense of time, and so I think that'd be a fun thing to bring into a quarantine to just yeah. Really, you like, could try and watch it forwards and see watch what it happens. forward, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and then I, I, it's a bit of a weird one, but I think it's I think it's a good quarantine pick. Uh, uh, the Fall. It's called The Fall. Uh, if you've never uh, seen it, I recommend Michael, it. It's is that like, the Michael Douglas one? No, that's. I think that's falling down. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, that one's great too. And I just always think about the scene where he's like, "That's too much money for a Coke. That's too much money." Uh, but The Fall is a different movie. It's this visually stunning movie where this. Uh, it's kind of like um, the Princess Bride, where it's uh, someone is telling a story to a child, but the the guy in the uh, telling the story to the child, they're both in the hospital. And as the guy gets more and more sick, the story starts to get pretty tragic. So it starts with this like fun adventure kind of vibe. Um, and then it gets like really emotional and tear jerky and like back into the like unlike Princess Bride, where it's a, a framing device. It's very much part of the story. 
is this relationship between the the, the little boy or the the little girl and the guy. So um, that one's just because it's like it's the first half of it's a fun adventure, and the second half is an emotional tearjerker about striving and staying alive. Again, good quarantine uh, uh, motivation, uh, and then obviously uh, something sexy. <laughs> Scotty, uh, well, I um, I went in the different direction than Liam, who was uh, thinking about the logistics of uh, what he would need just for content. Uh, and I was going with favorites. So, but I did nice. kind of go the same direction as Greg, and then I tried to pick favorites from different kind of genres to suit my mood. So, uh, Natch the Seven Samurai. A, it's a long movie. Mm-hmm. B, it's a great movie. C, it's in Japanese. And maybe I'll learn Japanese by watching it, but through osmosis. <laughs> uh, second, I wanted a pulse pounding action movie, and I can think of none better than Mad Max Fury Road. And and then I wanted something something animated that could also give me some feels, so I went with Hayao Miyazaki's Spirited Away. Yeah, I considered a, putting Totoro on my yeah, list. Yeah, just because it's like film. it's just so nice. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> cute and yeah. Uh, and for my TV series, I picked Parks and Rec. Uh, it's a it's a feel good comedy that I have watched a couple times because I just like it a lot, and it still makes me laugh. Ah. Uh, I uh, I thought that for the TV series, um, Aaron and I were talking about this, and uh, and one thing that might be a little bit of a cheat would be as for the TV series to be Mystery Science Theater. Um, because they can watch more movies. That's oh. a great one. You can watch way more movies. It's it's very long. There's uh, there's over ten seasons, right? It's true. You know, it's uh, <laughs> that's, you get a lot of content. That's Doctor uh, that's Who a smart would be answer. another one. I'd oh yeah, just, oh yeah, so many seasons of it. Yeah. yeah. Now. For swapping things out, I, I guess what we could do is just maybe swap something out for something that you feel like the other person, that, that you want someone else to watch. And Liam, it can't be the Greasy Strangler. <laughs> oh, I, I'm, I'm okay following the, yeah, I wouldn't lock you in a room with that movie, no. Um, um, so what was, your, what was your pitch though, Greg? We have to, I, have to, I have to take away one of your movies and give you one? Yeah. No, just to, just tell me tell me something that you like that you want me to oh, watch. Oh, I'm gonna sneak you a make, fourth one in. I got you. I'm I'm a, I'm yeah, a, yeah, yeah. I'm a like yo yo yo, Greg. I got this for you. I know you're going into quarantine, but you got it. You got to check out the crazy strangler. No, uh, <laughs> I've got one for uh, Liam actually. Sure. Uh, if like I'm not certain which one of Liam's I would take away. Uh, it would certainly mm-hmm. be one of your movies. I've got a movie that I think it's a head trip, and I think you would love it. And it's called Braid. It's by Mitzi Perone. It's from 2018, and it is bonkers. It's a movie that I watched uh, with knowing nothing about it. I was uh, shown it at a uh, at a friend's house. Uh, I did not know what I was watching while I was watching it, and it sat with me for days because my Sweet. brain could not stop thinking about it. And I think it would be right up your alley, Liam. Sweet. I'm into it. Um, would you, I, I don't want to know anything about it. I've seen, I've quickly Googled the, the poster and I, I agree. I don't want to know anymore. Just what genre? Oh, psychological thriller. There it is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, I'm into it. That into is it. the, that is all the genre you need. It is a psychological okay. thriller. Sweet. I'm checking that out. Sorry, uh, Seven Samurai, you'll have to wait. Uh, <laughs> no, you should still treat yourself shit. to Seven Samurai as well. But, uh, yeah, no, if, uh, if I had to swap out one of your films, I liked Braid a lot, and not when I watched it, but like days later after I'd sat on it, I was like, no, I really liked that film. And it's because I've been thinking about it for like three straight days. 
So, uh, so yeah, that's that's my uh, that's my pick for Liam. I I think um, I would go the st- sadistic route and make you guys bring along martyrs with you. <laughs> have you have either of you guys seen martyrs? No, no I don't think so. It it is quite simply the most um, horrifying horror film I've ever seen. Um, it is um, it, it is it is graphic and in a way it's it's a French film. It's graphic in a way that uh, that I've never seen put to film before, and it left me um, shaking, uh, like like physically ill at the end of it and and it was like it's such it's such a hard watch um that i i feel like (laughs) i i can't suffer alone in having watched it if that makes any sense oh you need someone to have like (laughs) shared this trauma with you so you can bond over it i i've never i've never finished a movie and just been sweating bullets before like like i i like when I watch films, like like they they don't usually like is it- effect, like affect me, uh, like they affect me emotionally on the inside, you know. Mm-hmm. But like uh, but like they don't they don't often. I don't I don't cry a whole lot in movies. Although I find that now I have kids, I cry a lot more at everything. I don't know why that is, but <laughs> I mean that's just, just a parent thing. I found that but, uh, once I completely accepted existential dread. Uh, mm, yeah. I'm, I'm crying all the time lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you, you're saying you don't usually have a physical, visceral reaction to a movie. Correct. Yeah. 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 What what yeah. kind of horror is it? Like, is it is it uh, gruesome is... nihilistic horror based on what I'm looking at? Gruesome. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No. No. Sorry. It's a. It's got a. It's got a heavy uh, religious angle to it. Um, and yeah, it'll. It yeah, it'll just. Um, it'll leave you wishing you hadn't watched it. That's for sure. Oh, sweet. Oh, right. <laughs> I, I recommend. <laughs> See, I at least picked a movie for call or for. <laughs> Uh, Liam, sorry, Liam, uh, that I think that I thought he would like. This isn't a call-in <laughs> show. <laughs> oh wait, I see what you did. <gasps> My feelings are hurt. No, I'm just... <laughs> like I said, yeah, I got. I'm just being sadi- sadistic, <laughs> sadistic yeah. about it. <laughs> I like. I like also that you started that with like Liam. You can't give anyone the greasy strangler, but I'm also <laughs> going to give you a movie that made me viscerally ill. Uh, <laughs> uh, to be to be fair, I uh, I briefly considered that my swap for Greg would be to take away his next generation and stick him with uh, DS9, so that he would learn to truly appreciate DS9. Hey, I, I don't hate DS9. No, but you should like it more. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> it's not like I was going to stick I, you with Voyager or something. Oh God. Oh God, yeah, that'd be awful. <laughs> this also screams of that like Twilight Zone episode where we're all going to get into our respective bunkers and like, <laughs> and our, our powers going to go out. <laughs> Yeah, the powers, or like if for me in The Simpsons, it's like, oh, it's the it's the square ones from Disney Plus. Ah, oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. I finally have time with my movies. Oh, my glasses. It's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's keep it rolling. Uh, <laughs> Karen from Unland again uh, asks us: Have any of you written a screenplay? Uh, does the experience of doing the podcast make you more or less likely to want to write a screenplay? Uh, I have written scripts because I have done plays before, uh, but I've never written a screenplay, which is 
a very different uh a very different beast altogether they're they're related but very different and uh that said i would kind of like to at one point um and i've i've talked about it with some of my other uh playwriting friends uh the concept of trying to actually put together like something that's a proper screenplay we haven't actually done it before though so no i have not written a screenplay yes i am interested nice greg uh i have started several Mm -hmm. and and in a a few instances i've i've written um rewritten scenes like actually rewritten scenes in 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 screenplay form just just to see how they would play out um, that's kind of a fun exercise. Um, uh, I, whether it would, what it, does this podcast make me more likely to want to write a screenplay? I, I would say yes and no. I think yes in the sense that like I I, I find the the art of screenplay writing um, fascinating, and um, and uh, and I actually enjoy uh, reading screenplays raw. It's actually kind of it's it's in- interesting seeing. Um, how screenwriters direct the camera i find i i, I just I find how they how they write in order to in order to do that effectively while also making the the prose jump off the page um that's that's art in and of itself mm-hmm. um and it's it's maybe less i'm uh, maybe i'm less likely to want to write a screenplay because knowing all that makes me realize how insanely difficult screenplay <laughs> writing is, <laughs> you know, and certainly yeah. doing this podcast. I mean, we know that, you know, you, you, you pull one thread and sometimes everything else kind of unravels on you. And, uh, and, and you know, like it's, it's easy, to, it's easy to see how, how a bad screenplay gets, gets written because it's, it's a very, uh, it's, it's a very complicated thing to, to write a good effective story for uh, for tv and movies yeah 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 it really it really is quite the quite the feat uh i'm learning that firsthand uh, uh obviously the edmonton fringe uh is not going to be happening this year uh, unfortunately like many festivals but i was in the works of uh writing a play with my sketch troupe uh, we normally just put up sketch shows there's writing involved in that but it's much more there's no through line uh, necessarily like narrative through line uh and this year we were trying to write a a play play uh and it's been a blast uh it's really fun to write collaboratively with my sketch group and i feel like a lot of that i uh those skills i mean we've been writing together for years but in terms of writing a you know three act story this podcast has made me better understand storytelling and how to collaboratively write with other people in a way that i think has helped me contribute to this project we're working on outside of this podcast so uh nice. yes i would i feel much more uh, equipped to try to write a screenplay i don't think i want to write it any more or less than any point in my life but uh i definitely feel more likely uh, i could definitely because i've got some ideas i've had ideas brewing for years so. i think it feels to me like screenplay finishing a screenplay is not akin to like finishing a novel it just it feels like such a such an enormous undertaking to to finally get all the pieces lined up and completed and, and edited. And, you know, it, it's, uh, it, so I, on one hand, to, yeah, on one hand it is, but on the other hand, like seeing, seeing my, you know, like my, my collaborator, Robin Slack, I've seen him write three plays now and yeah. it's, 
it's not to say it's not a daunting task, but it's it is really reassuring to see someone in your social circle achieve it and kind of be yeah. like you know I, I acted in one of those plays like kind of be part of the process and now I'm you know we're ready to go it it like anything if you kind of get close to it it does bring it down to earth a little bit and it's it's definitely a, a daunting task and a challenging one but not wholly unattainable. Yeah, I'm making it sound like it's impossible, and that's not correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like from from my perspective as like as something who would who 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 would love to do that. It just it just seems like an uphill battle. Yeah. I guess it's I mean too of like you. I was surprised how that you need less. Like mm-hmm. I know that seems weird, but once you kind of get all your ideas together, you're like oh, I've got more than I need. I got to start tra- <laughs> like that. Yeah. To me, was like how do you fill all those pages? And it's like no, how do you get it down to like what needs to be there? Yeah, it's a, a lot of really a really good understanding of like um, you know how your audience is going to react to um, visual cues and and how you can use those as shorthand for mm-hmm. for telling you know getting across ideas that you need to get across fi- efficiently and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's a, it's a it's a real skill and a real art form. Our next question is another audio question from Lucy. Uh, on the podcast Repodcasting, another APN uh, member. Hey guys, Lucy here, co-host of Repodcasting. My question for you is, what is a movie that you like from a director whose other work you dislike or even hate? Yeah, uh, what a movie, a director who has like one movie we love and otherwise dislike the rest of their body of work. Uh, this was a tough one. Yeah, yeah, this one actually took a little bit of digging for me. But then once we got going, we found about like six or seven between the three of us. Yeah. Can, um, I, uh, can I get my my pedestrian one out of the way? Sure. <laughs> the, uh, George Lucas, he he's only done he's only directed one film that I like, which is Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, he did. Uh, he did not direct the other two, obviously, as everyone knows, and and he did not direct, or he directed the prequel tr- prequel trilogy, which was uh, not fantastic. Um, I'm not a fan of uh, THX. Uh, I think it, you know, was interesting, but just not um, overall something that really um, tickled me all that much. Um, and I have not seen. Um, is it Red Tails? Mm. I think I'm thinking of. Um, the, the the movie about the Tuskegee Airmen, um, but yeah, he's you know he's a uh, he's kind of an obvious pick because he's uh, um, he's a director that gained uh, a lot of uh, notoriety f- uh, for something that exploded and kind of got away from him, uh, and and then subsequently uh, could not find a way of <laughs> yeah. duplicating that. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, mine is a little less pedestrian and is, uh, a director who's currently making a lot of movies. Mm. Uh, and mine is Zack Snyder. I had uh, thought Zack Snyder as well. Oh, well, do you want to, uh, count to three and see if we have the same movie? Sure. All right. The one, the one Zack Snyder movie, uh, that, that we like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Three, two, two, one, one. sucker. 300. What? What? (laughs) <laughs> sucker punch 300 really it's 300 is awesome what do you it's just it's like he kicks a guy in a pit it's you know it looks cool 300 it's, is it's not a 300 is just macho nonsense and it's yeah. 
Uh, it's not. <laughs> but it look, it's much cooler looking than most other macho nonsense. Uh, you know what's much cooler looking than 300? Sucker Punch, which is just a visual smorgasbord uh, with a bizarre and twisty story uh, and some interesting characters who you kind of grow to care about. And it's pretty good, actually. And that's saying something considering I hate every other movie he's made. <laughs> That's, I'll have to give that one a second thought because I really remember thoroughly like disliking it, but I, perhaps I, I uh, time you know yeah maybe maybe a maturity thing. Here's maybe the thing. maybe I maybe I was young enough and dumb enough to be like I want macho nonsense <laughs> and not yeah. But uh, I will yeah. I will grant Sucker Punch mm-hmm. I thought was okay on my first watch and I subsequently saw it again and quite liked it a little bit more the second time I watched it. Whereas 300 I did see in theaters and I was like, yeah, it was okay. And then I subsequently rewatched it and was like, no, this is nonsense. I really do not care for this movie. <laughs> um, so like maybe maybe that is the case. Maybe one of them just aged better than the other, like a fine wine. Yeah, uh, I will say that the the look of three hundred did not age particularly well for me. Oh really? Um, no, um, it uh, it doesn't. I, I don't know. It just looks. Yeah, it looks a little too. I mean, it always looked kind of fakey, but it, like the it used to it used to look a lot more stylized to my eyes. But now it just I I see a lot of bad computer effects in it. So. Yeah. I also say that you guys are both wrong because uh, Zack Snyder's best movie is Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> uh, oh, eh, yeah. I'm and here's the thing with Dawn of the Dead: like his version of Dawn of the Dead is pretty good, but at the same time, I'm so over zombie movies. Mm. Uh, it's just a way oversaturated genre, period, and so I'm just really down on zombie movies altogether. So. To be fair, at the at the time that uh, that that one came out, it was sort of like. It was the ramp up of zombies. Yeah, that that's true. Yeah, it, you're, it, now it's one of a million, but it, it definitely was like uh, the the beginning of the uh, the, the wave, the zombie renaissance. Yeah. Um, I was gonna for mine. I was gonna say Kevin Smith, but the more I think about it, I think it's just like most of his stuff is good. His new stuff is weird. Like Red State's cool. Clerks three was awkward. Or Clerks 2 is awkward. I think he's making a Clerks 3. Yeah, um, yeah but I, I, I changed my answer from Kevin Smith uh, because uh, score-wise, uh, Neil Blomkamp is li- is one for three. <laughs> yeah. I, I love District 9, Elysium was forgettable, and Chappie was, like, very frustrating. And I'd actually, I've, I've every time we discuss movies we want to do, I point out Chappie is on Netflix because it's such a bonkers movie. Um, and I think there's lots there. Kevin Smith, I like a lot of his older work, and I agree with you that some of his more recent work is not super to my taste, but I actually rather liked Zack and Miri Make a Porno from 2008. I think it's a pretty solid film, and Nita actually quite likes it, too. It's one of her uh, go-to light comedy movies, and uh, it's it's fun. I, I would recommend it if you've never seen it. It's pretty good. I was a fan of his. I've, I've obviously I've kind of grown out of his podcast, but I, I remember being a listener when that flick came out, and he like he he took it hard. He'd never had a bomb before, and he, the 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 couple of podcasts after that movie hit theaters are like 
you can see him like coming back from a wound. It was it's <laughs> it's it's pretty wild. Which is but, unfa- yeah, even his, even unfair. his podcasting and his like live stuff. I've just sort of like lost interest over the years, but like no hard feelings. Kevin Smith, we've just parted ways. I'm happy for him. There you go. He's that's that's the mature way. A- that's the mature way to part with a director. You just go. You know what? Your your movies aren't my thing anymore. But all the all the best to you, sir. Yeah. Yeah. His filmography is, I think, is is uh, unique to look back on because they're um, very of their time. Nineties movies. Um, Chasing Amy is is a a, a movie um, about homosexuality um and and straight people's reactions to it um that at the time um was probably not considered particularly offensive it might have even been considered progressive i'm not sure how it was how it was viewed by the broader public but like it's problematic today today, it's yeah yeah, today probably (laughs) it's probably almost unwatchable right given what we know now yeah um (laughs) what we know as straight people now, I say, yeah. <laughs> it's like because clearly I'm pretty sure that um, yeah. uh, the gay community was probably not too enthused with it from day one. Um, but even his earlier stuff, you know, it's um, um, there's a lot of uh, you know, there's a lot. Of, I, I recognize a lot of my teen self in those movies, mm-hmm. and uh, and teen, teen Greg was not a smart Greg. Um, and those movies probably aren't aren't all that smart anymore either. So I, I think that I think he's he's he'd be an interesting. Um, uh, no, Cler- Clerks is in the Criterion correct collection for a reason. Like mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. Armageddon is in the Criterion collection. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, fair. No, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not going to discount that. Like, um, you know, those movies are effective for its time, and and I'm not going to say that if I were to rewatch them now, I wouldn't enjoy them. On some level, it's just you know they they um, they would it would feel much much different watching those movies now. That's for sure. Yeah. Is Armageddon really in the Criterion Collection? It is. Oh, uh, there was a time no, when I miss a thing. there was a time when the collection wasn't being curated as carefully, and they were just kind of snapping up what was popular and available, and mm. that was one of those things. Um, yeah. They've they've gotten a little choosier since then, and rightly so, but. <laughs> Armageddon is in the Criterion Collection. <laughs> right up there with Spaceballs. Uh, Nathan Martin <laughs> says, uh, uh, what has been one of your favorite movies to rebuild? Made notes on. Would you ever consider picking a long-running franchise? Like for a whole season, you do all the Friday the 13th movies as an example of my weird ramblings. That's, what he, that's his comment. That's not... <laughs> I, can, I don't apologize for my weird ramblings. Uh how has it been recording the show during social distancing? And when will you admit that you have yet to do a film with the rock in it? Uh, I'm going to take the bottom one from the top and point out again. We did the Scorpion King. <laughs> we, we did. I, but is it, but is it the rock as we know him now? That's fair. That was baby rock. That was rookie. That was his rookie card. Yeah. Like, he's like, in all honesty, the rock is an interesting case study and an actor who took a couple movies to kind of come into his own and he was a leading man pretty much from day one but he wasn't the rock yet if that makes sense well no he's he's he wasn't dwayne johnson yet he wasn't no, actor that's dwayne fair, johnson. actually he was actor yeah, the yeah. rock at the time and he needed to become actor dwayne johnson that's true yeah. and there, therefore you can argue that we have definitely put the rock in one of our movies oh, <laughs> we haven't done any true. dwayne johnson movies that is correct yeah. there you go there you go well played um as for movies, we would uh, favorite movies we, we that we rebuilt. I'm gonna 
reach pretty deep into our lore and say that um, one of my favorite rebuilds was actually Star Trek Generations, which is our second episode. And part of the reason for that is I had come up with a fix for uh, Generations that was um, fairly simple and streamlined. It involved taking um, Guinan's race of beings and putting them um, more front and center and, and putting them in direct danger in that movie and just and therefore um, um, uh, increasing the stakes quite a bit more and and it's not that i enjoyed that i, I mean I, I i still stand behind that rebuild but it was the the moment that um sam power and adam rosenhart who were guests on that episode reacted to that fix um were quite pleased with it and it made me think that like oh this podcast is 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 doing exactly what I wanted it to do. It's it's exactly the kind of fun I wanted to have. Mm-hmm. And it was just sort of a proof of concept moment for me. So that was, that was for me, my favorite. Fair enough. Um, Scott? My favorite fix that we've done is uh, also from a little while back now, uh, Cutthroat Island. Hell that yeah. was a real fun episode to do. I think we had a lot of really good discussion. I think we did a lot of good work on finding a way to make that movie better. And it was a challenging movie. Like, it was famously terrible. And we purposefully went out of our way to do it because of that. And number one, we found a movie that wasn't maybe as bad as people were suggesting it was going to be. And B, that was very fixable. And that we, I think, made a a solid, better pitch for. And so, uh, yeah, that was definitely a standout for me. Cutthroat Island. Nice. Um, I think think mine, I was was thinking about it on, like, the green... The Green Lantern episode was fun, but I, I think my favorite one where I was like, kind of like like you were saying, Greg, of like, oh, this is this is a thing that I can do and we can do, and it was just after you had brought me on uh, to replace Colin, uh, um, was uh, Kong Skull Island. Uh, oh yeah, I really that one. I felt like we were firing on all cylinders. I think we all all had good ideas, and the movie was that like perfect mediocre enough of like. It's clearly got a lot of things right. There's a couple things wrong. It's not too hard to fix, but it's not too easy. It wasn't an awful movie to watch, but it you know was not going to be one of my favorites ever. It just like that was again. <laughs> it, it had that feeling like I, I passed my my podcaster's license that day, <laughs> um, and and I was like, yep, I I am I've demonstrated I can talk about movies on a podcast, and it's just not uh, incoherent rambling. And finally, I guess we'll wrap up by by talking about how we found recording the show during an era of social distancing. Would you, or I guess, would you do ever want to do a long running franchise for a bunch? Oh, sorry, yes, yeah. that's a. I mean, I'd I'd, I'd say no. I I I don't think I could do that. Well, we've. I mean, we've done movies that are franchise movies for sure. We've mm-hmm. got we've got like an alien movie in there. We've got. Uh, some some of the DC movies in there. We've got uh, we've got a, both a Freddy and a Jason movie in there. Um, but uh, I, I kind of agree with Liam. I don't think I'd want to just like buckle in and do an entire franchise like back to back to back to back. But that's not to say that we might not like revisit a franchise a couple times. Yeah, it almost, I guess the question like is like, pod- what's oh, the sorry, what's sorry. the rules to it? Because like, if it, do we have to like base the the next movie's fixes on the fixes of the previous movie? That's it, would, it would get pretty complicated pretty quickly. Um, 
I don't know. Uh, I think, I don't know if I would do, a, a, like, there's not very many, like, I, there's certainly not very many movie series that would, that would warrant an entire season. Um, so, like, and maybe even less so that are well known enough that, that it would be, it'd be worth the clicks to do it. Um, to get into to be a little bit callous about it, yeah. but like I don't know, like Harry Potter. There's seven of those, I yeah. suppose. <laughs> like, and yeah. that's the sort of thing that sounds like a like a spinoff podcast, like a like a. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you talking you two to me? Like uh, yeah. kind of a thing. Um, I I would much rather do instead of a franchise. I'd love to pick an actor because uh, I've been thinking a lot about wanting to go back and just watch all the Philip Seymour Hoffman movies just of my own accord. Um, right. he's one of my favorite actors, but it's like, I think maybe instead of a franchise that you could probably persuade me to do, you know, what, I'll even put it, Martin, Martin, we'll, uh, let's do, we'll do the rock podcast. We'll do all the rock movies. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, I think I, I've, I've, I've thought about doing, um, the current star Wars trilogy as like one big super episode, but that's about as far as I've thought about, um, you know, doing a, doing a series of movies. Fair enough. Uh, if we do end up doing other rock podcast, is it going to be called rocking with the rock? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's no bad ideas in brainstorming. Is it going to be, let's keep, it be let's called, keep going. Let's keep talking. Is it going to be called rock solid? <laughs> the podcast. What was that first one you had? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, how, how have we found this uh, recording the show during social distancing? Not as complicated as we were worried it was going to be. Yeah. Technologically, um, no. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot less technical errors now that we're, uh, that we're used to it. So uh, it's, it's, uh, it's been pretty okay. I think, uh, I think it's, it's, it's made things slightly more convenient in terms of planning. Like we actually have a set schedule now. We, we watch movies Thursdays at nine, uh, we we record uh, Fridays at usually eight thirty nine. So, the, um, you know it, it's it's added a, a you know a pretty set schedule for recording, which is which is uh, easier on me when it comes to producing the show and, and editing it and everything. Yeah, previously yeah. we were trying to arrange like a time and a place to get together, and that was sometimes a little tricky to do. I miss being in the same room because mm-hmm. it's easier. Like when you when you're recording over distance. Like, we're not using any any webcams or anything, so we're not able to see one another. And there are visual cues in a conversation that let you know when somebody's, like, going to chime in and stuff like that. And so we're talking over each other a lot more now than we used to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I've been playing a lot of Dungeons & Dragons, and it's the same thing. Uh, it's, like, it's nice that we've got... The, the means to connect like we do but it you just there's you you lose a little something not having that like eye contact and body language it's it's our our speech has been impeded um it is i, w- I would say not seeing body language is a form of like speech impediment kind of like, yeah mm. yeah I, I will say that um i think one maybe slight benefit is that uh i've noticed that in the pre-game and post-game and and breaks, um, we've you know we've been chatting a lot more. Sometimes they, I, I think there was a couple episodes ago we spent almost an uh, like thirty minutes just like talking about the politics of the day and stuff like that. Yeah. And and I have to say like I I've I've enjoyed 
um, that time with you guys and having, you know, the, uh, the Fridays together and, and getting to know you guys better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and uh, I think I, I've, I've really enjoyed that. So it, it that, that part of it has been, uh, been really good. And I think adding the, the watch parties has also been very fun. It's been, it's been fun, uh, you know, uh, texting you guys over, um, whatever that app is we use to yeah. watch movies Discord? together. Discord, like, yeah. Discord, we, we have a Discord yeah. server, and, and we when we do those watch parties on Thursdays, uh, they're open to uh, our listeners Everybody. as well. We post about them. So please join us on Thursday evenings when we watch these flicks. Yeah, open yeah. invitation. If you're listening to this podcast, feel free to uh, come and join us to watch our next movie. Yeah, sometimes you might get a preview of the show because we we sometimes ramble about things we we want to yeah. change after we've finished watching it. So, you get it. yeah, this this yeah. show is just no, our notes on our own Discord conversation. No, that's not yeah. true. <laughs> but yeah, we when we are going to be doing a, a movie a week from now, and that movie is. Huh? Not nobody Aladdin. wants to say it. There it is. <laughs> nobody wants to say it. Yeah, no, did to... everyone else forget like I did? Wait, was that like just like were you do? Were you purposely trying to do like an enormous pregnant pause? <laughs> no, I was waiting <laughs> for someone to. Th- I was hoping someone would fill in for me because I couldn't remember in this moment. Fair enough. <laughs> and uh, then I remembered and was like, "It's Latin. I, I can just try again we, if you want." No, no, that's fine. We yeah. should uh, we should specify though that we're not talking about the uh, the Disney animated Aladdin. We're talking about the Disney live action Aladdin. Yeah, yeah. I think it would almost be sacrilege to <laughs> try and fix the original. Aladdin, you know, cut that genie. That thing's holding <laughs> holding that yeah. movie back. <laughs> I mean, yes, he turns Robin into Williams. Groucho Marx. It completely breaks verisimilitude. Yes, Robin Williams, the <laughs> weakest part of any movie. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> so if you want to join us while we watch Aladdin, we will be posting about the Discord server on our Twitter and Facebook at I Have Some Notes. You can find all of our podcast feed at IHaveSomeNotes.com. If you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. It really helps us out. Uh, yeah, you can also check out all of our episodes right now at the CKUA radio app, where they are all generously hosted, along with uh, many of the other podcasts from the Alberta Podcast Network. You can download it right now at the Apple App Store. Remember to check out all our sibling shows over the Alberta po- Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Uh, we, once again, will be... Uh, watching Aladdin next week so please join us one week from today indeed thank you again all for your questions I've been your host Liam Kreswick I'm Scott C. Bourgeois I'm Greg Beaver keep watching the skies and asking us your questions Hey, I'm Tara McCarthy. I work at CBC Edmonton. And there's a lot of things that happen in this city any given week. So we thought, how about we boil it down to some of those top stories, the ones that make you think, or the ones that maybe even make you laugh. Maybe they make you cringe. So we're putting together a new podcast called The Loop. Check it out weekly through CBC Edmonton. The Loop, you might be wondering, okay, what's this all about? Well, it is literally about keeping you in the loop. More importantly, it's all about going behind the scenes. All sorts of details, I see it every day in the newsroom, don't actually make it into those compact radio and television pieces that you see and that you hear. So we thought we'll take stories like these and we're going to find out more. We're going to talk to the reporters about some of the things like how they even found out about this stuff. We'll talk a little bit about everything, politics, we'll throw some arts in there, community of course, it's about all things Edmonton. Because there's always more to tell. There's always more to the story. 
I've been in Edmonton for about a year, and I see stories just constantly change. They ebb and flow. I'm learning new things about the city all the time. And maybe you've been here for decades, but there's always new things that we can uncover. So we want to talk about those stories right here on The Loop. Stay in the loop with us, our new weekly CBC Edmonton podcast. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts, or more importantly, through your CBC Listen app. I feel like I have something in my tooth. Thank God it's a podcast. (laughs) 